Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It won't be by might. It won't be by power. It won't be by your own ability. Might speaks of your collective strength. Power speaks of your own resolve and your own intellect. And not by your own ability or your own physical strength. God says the rubber bell, the project will be completed, but it won't be by your own resources or determination. It won't be by your own ability. The project will be completed by the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit actually in context of Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 just like the oil that is getting into the lamp it is God who will supernaturally provide the oil it will be God who will get the temple built it will be God who will build the walls and I think that's a word for us tonight I don't know I know it's a word for me that's a word for me what 10 people clapping their hands I don't see that we all need to know that It's not by might nor by power. Whatever you're planning, it won't happen by program or human power. It won't be by motivational speakers or human ingenuity or human inspiration. It won't be by your strategizing and your sweating and your striving. I got to know that. You got to know that. We need a bigger church. I want this half of them to say amen. I didn't hear nobody over here. We need a bigger church, you know, and, and God, is, God is showing me it's not going to be, we will not get a bigger church by, you know, us sitting, you know, in, in, in the conference room and strategizing how to extract more money out of your pockets. It's going to be by God working and God empowered and Holy Spirit energized, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's God's work. I know that. Now, let me finish up this little bit of history right here. Let me just finish it up for you, all right? The history of Israel and Babylon. Write this down. 539 B.C., Cyrus overthrows Babylon, and he establishes the Medo-Persian Empire. So the Babylonian Empire is no more. He now establishes the Medo-Persian Empire. 538 B.C., Cyrus issues a decree allowing the Jews to return to Jerusalem. At that time, many returned, and they laid the foundation to the temple, and the temple was completed in 515 B.C. Now, even though a decree, get this, mind-boggling, even though a decree, or maybe not, even though a decree went out that the people of God could return to their homeland, many of them stayed in Babylon. Remember, for some Babylon is all they knew of life. 
Many were born there and raised in Babylon, and many went to Babylon High School, and many of them went to University of Babylon. And this is all they know. I mean, they, they, they grew up here, and this is, this is where their life and their jobs and their, their lives were established there. They had children and grandchildren in Babylon, and Babylon was all they knew. So when the decree was given that they could leave, Many didn't want to leave, so they stayed because they were prospering. Get this, two to three million Jews were taken into captivity, and actually only about a total of 50, 60,000 returned to the homeland, and the rest of them stayed in Babylon. That's only like 2%. And they returned, the ones that did return, they came back under the leadership of Ezra, and several came back under his leadership. Oh, you remember Ezra. He was a priest and a scribe. Ezra's mission in coming back was to instruct the people in the ways of worship. Because when the people got back, initially they were good, worshiping God. But then they got off track and they began to worship false gods. So God used Ezra in rebuilding the people and Nehemiah in rebuilding the walls. Now, look at verse 1. The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chesluv. The month of Chesluv, if you're taking notes, you should write this in your Bibles, actually, is November or December, which is probably around 446 BC at this time. It tells us that Nehemiah was in Shushan in the palace in the citadel. And Nehemiah sees these two guys. Did you catch this in the story? Nehemiah sees these two guys, Hananiah and Hekeliah. Hananiah means, this is a great name. It means the God of the grace of God. Hananiah means the grace of God. And Hekeliah means the Lord gives light. I love that. God gives light and God gives grace. Can somebody say amen? And it's interesting because these two things were necessary for Nehemiah's heart to be stirred to do something about the problem in Jerusalem. He needed grace and he needed the Lord's light and direction. So a thousand years after the time of Moses and some 400 years before Jesus is born, the nation of Israel and the Jewish people are in a desperate place. Notice in verse two, Nehemiah asked how things are going with the people who had survived the captivity and how things going in Jerusalem. And then in verse four, the people of God are in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the gates are burned. And the Bible says, when Nehemiah heard these words, he sat down and he wept. He cried. He fasted. He prayed. Now, what's interesting is Nehemiah, get this. Give me your attention. I know I'm asking a lot for you to get all this history and stay with me. But again, we're here for the meat, not the milk. Okay. So... Nehemiah, it's interesting to me that Nehemiah is concerned for the city of Jerusalem and he's never been there. He's never even been there. He's never seen the city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah was born in the captivity. And it's interesting because although he's never seen Jerusalem, yet 
Jerusalem is in his heart. You know, I think that, that, that God has stamped Jerusalem on the hearts of every Jew, even if they've never seen it. During the Passover celebration today, are you listening? Today, during the Passover celebration, um, no matter where they are in the world, the Jews make this statement. They say, this year, here, next year, anybody know? Jerusalem. Even if they've never been there. There are many Jews alive today who've never been to Jerusalem. But they will say, up in New York, plenty, they will say, this year, here, next year, Jerusalem. Why? Because God has stamped Jerusalem on the heart of every Jewish person. And I honestly believe this, that God has stamped Jerusalem on the heart of every Christian. And do you believe that? I do. I really do. That's why, listen, there's always, even if you never go, even if you never can afford it, even if you, you never get there, isn't there somewhere deep down in your heart that says, I want to go to Israel? Just by show of hands. Can I get a witness? That's everybody. Every Christian for sure. You want to go. Because God has stamped Israel in the heart of every Jew and in the heart of every believer. True Christians have a love for Jerusalem. I've been there many times and I can tell you every time I go, I've been, I don't know, eight, nine times, I don't know. And every time I go, there's something new, something fresh and something majestic about that city. Who's been? And, 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 and clap your hands if you know, if you know what I'm talking about. Isn't there something big? It's beautiful. It's majestic. It's amazing. I've been trying to tell y'all, y'all, listen. You need to go to Jerusalem. We're going in 2013. Save your pennies. You need to go. I got a fear of flights. Listen, don't. What you got fear of flights for? If God wants you, you go on right here from Apex. Don't you know you, you are going right from apex. Listen, you can walk right out there, right out there, right, right on 1010 and a Mack truck hit you. Isn't that great? What'd you learn tonight, honey? Well, I could be hit by a Mack truck. When God wants you, here's my point. God's going to come and get you. Don't let, don't let a flight keep you from visiting the, the, the J- Jerusalem because you want to, when you get to heaven, you'll, 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 you'll have something to compare against. You know, you'll look at the, the new Jerusalem and you'll go, wait, this place is so much better than the old one. It's, I mean, it's really like unbelievable. The old one was like, yeah, this one is nice. If you go. If you don't, you're going to get up there and go, well, what's this? What's that? What's that? Oh, this is nice. This is nice. Everybody else going to be going, nice? That's an understatement. You should have seen the old one. You got to go, Christian. You got to go. I think of uh, Psalm 122.6. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray for Jerusalem. In Psalm 137, I don't have time to look at it tonight, but, uh, oh, it's just great. Turn there, Psalm 137. 
Psalm 137. Psalm 137. Psalm 137. Turn quick because I got I still got a lot to say. Psalm 137. Listen, write this in, in your psalm right at the top. Write this. It's the psalm of captivity. The psalm of captivity. In other words, this psalm was written while they were in captivity by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, happiness, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cleave to the root of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, against the sons of Eden, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it to its very foundation. That means cut it. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as you have served us, happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. Whoever wrote this had a little bit of bitterness. I would <laughs> just a little bit of bitterness. But this is a song of captivity. If I don't remember Jerusalem, this is a striking thing. Let my right hand forget its skill. If I don't remember you, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy, Jerusalem is in the heart of every Jew, including Nehemiah. Nehemiah hears the walls are torn down. And notice he could have said, well, brothers, sorry to hear that. Well, that's too bad. You know, I'll put you on my prayer list. He could have said that. He could have said, you know what? They need some help. All right, I'm a check. He could have said that. Nope. You find in verse four, I want you to go back to Nehemiah and look at verse four. Nehemiah wept. Why? Because the walls were torn down. Now, listen, in our day, walls don't mean very much. But in that day, walls were very important in the Bible. Walls in the Bible represent several things. I want you to write this down. Walls represent, number one, God's salvation. God's salvation. And walls represent, number two, protection from the enemy. And finally, walls represent separation from the world. Salvation, God's salvation, protection from the enemy, and separation from the world. This was the importance of walls in the Bible. In the ancient world, a city without walls was a city that was open and vulnerable to the enemy. In the ancient world, a city without walls had no defense. A city without walls had no protection at all. And usually an unwalled city was in some backcountry town area because nothing valuable could be kept in an unwalled city. People living in an unwalled city lived in constant fear. Why? Because they knew they would never, that, 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 that what they owned uh, 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 was, was vulnerable and that they might be attacked and that they might be brutalized. So now you can see why the urgency to have walls Nehemiah hears the walls of the city are torn down and he's concerned. Now, in Nehemiah's day, listen, and in our day, torn down walls 
are a problem. Look around. There are plenty of torn down walls in people's lives today. Divorce and marriage is a torn down wall. Drug addiction is a torn down wall. Teenage pregnancy is a torn down wall. Abortion is a torn down wall. Infidelity is a torn down wall. Broken relationships is a torn down wall. Cancer sickness is a torn down wall. Christians walking in the flesh and unusable for the kingdom of God, listen, is a torn down wall. Churches that don't teach the Bible is a torn down wall. Did you hear me? It's a torn down wall. And Christians, you need to put some walls up in your life. Write this down. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I have it for you on the screen. So important. Keep your heart with all diligence. Please read this verse with me. Read it with me. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. We need walls. Three quick reasons why we need to guard our hearts. And, and by guarding our hearts, you're strengthening the walls of your life while you take your notes. Number one, because your heart is extremely valuable. Somebody say amen. You guard things that are worth something. You don't guard garbage. You put garbage out. You put the trash out. I put the trash out every Tuesday. I put it out. My wife put it out. Whoever gets home first, I usually try to let her get home first. <laughs> She's actually good at it, though. She really does put it out quickly. And uh, so I put it out. I mean, I put it out sometimes, don't I? Sometimes, but you get home more often than I do anyway. Sometimes. <laughs> she says, sometimes. But you put your trash out, you know, you, things that you don't value you put out, you know, I'm, I'm eco-friendly. I put out the, the plastics in the plastic thing. My wife makes me do that. She's like intense. Put the plastic in the plastic container recycler bin. To me, throw the stuff all in there and get it over with. But okay, fine. Listen, I ain't trying to offend nobody that's eco-friendly. I am green. Well, actually, I'm black, but I'm green. I'm going green. I'm trying to go greener. And, and my wife makes me do it. But you put things out that, that are of trash that have no worth. You guard your heart because it's the essence of who you are. It's your authentic self and the core of your being. It's where all your dreams and your desires and your passions live. Your heart connects you to God. You guard your heart, number two, because it's the source of everything you do. Solomon said it's the wellspring of life. Your heart overflows into your thoughts and your words and your actions, and it impacts everything about you. If your heart is unhealthy, everything will be unhealthy. And so imperative to guard your heart. And thirdly, guard your heart because it's under constant attack. Can the Christians say amen? The heart is under constant attack. Christians, you're living in the combat zone. How many times do we got to talk about this? You're living in a combat zone. Remember I told you the Christian life is a, is a battleground, not a playground. And Satan would love to tear down the walls of your life. So guard your life. Guard the walls of your life. 
If they're torn down, ask God to help you to build them up. The book of Nehemiah begins 15 years after the book of Ezra ends and almost 100 years after the first captives come back to the promised land. Approximately 150 years after the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. And I'm telling you all that to help you to understand that the walls have been destroyed and in ruins and in rubble for a very long time. In Ezra chapter 4, verse 6 through 23, it tells us that approximately 75 years before this time, they tried to rebuild the walls, but they were stopped by their enemies. So people are pretty discouraged, thinking we can't defeat our enemies. And if we can't defeat our enemies, we can't build the walls and we're in trouble. Now, listen, we're going to look at the heart of Nehemiah. Remember, I told you that his name means the Lord comforts. And the next time. We're going to see Nehemiah the comforter. But listen, before you close your Bibles and your books, listen at this. We're going to learn a lot from Nehemiah, a lot of how to's from Nehemiah, how to pray about your problems, how to plan your work and remain steadfast in your work for God, how to set God giving goals, how to motivate others when morale is low, how to become a person of vision. How to humble yourself before God. We're going to learn a lot of how to. So stay with us and don't fizzle out and don't become lethargic and sluggish. Put the Wednesday night listen on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. And don't let anything, because I'm telling you, Satan's coming after your walls. Did you hear me? He's coming after your walls. And you've got to guard your heart. Guard the walls. Oh, how you do that? Stuff you see, stuff you hear, people you talk to. Don't hang around with people that are not encouraging and exhorting you and encouraging you. Don't you love people like that and love you and encourage you? Don't hang around people. I'm just I'm telling you straight. Don't hang around people that are bummers. Danny Downer. Grumpy Gus. Sammy Sad. Don't hang around people like that. Because that stuff bring you down. Don't, don't know what I'm talking about. You just walk away going, ugh. Now you're preaching, Pastor. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't hang around people like that. Hang around people that encourage you. Because encouragement is one way to guard your heart. Come to Bible study. Come and worship God. Yes, worship will be simpler on Wednesday night. But that don't mean you can't lift your hands. That don't mean you can't praise the Lord. That don't mean you can't clap your hands like right now. Let's worship God and let's come together and be the body of Christ and, 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 and love one another. We talked about it on Sunday. I feel like preaching again, but I can't. Love one another. I want to. Love one another because we need to love one another. and We need to be the body of Christ and we need to link arm in arm and pray for each other and allow God to minister to encourage each other. That's why I'm trying to finish the sermons 
early and I did pretty good because I'm pretty done because I, I, I want to be because I want you to come and pray and I want you to stay and minister to each other and go to the cafe and get some coffee and then bring somebody next week and 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 tell them we we're Wednesday night Bible study is important for your spiritual life is one of the ways in which you putting down mortar so you can put up another brick and mortar and put up another brick and mortar and put up another brick and rebuild your faith and rebuild the walls around your life so you can be a strong Christian. That's what I want to see. This church, I don't care how big this church gets. I don't care. I never did. I care that you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I don't care. I have never been trying to build a big church. And if you know me, you know that's right. I never tried to build a big church. I, n- I never did. I, n- I don't care about that kind of stuff. I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I don't care. I want you to come to Bible study because I want you to grow. I don't want you to come to Bible study because I want the place to be packed. It's a difference. And we need to grow together and love each other. And that's why I'm in Nehemiah because Nehemiah is about rebuilding. And rebuilding your faith. And rebuilding your life. And putting the walls around your heart. So that you can become strong in the Lord. You are not going to become a strong Christian by hoping you become a strong Christian. <laughs> Did you hear me? It's not going to happen. You can talk about it all day long. You can pray about it all day long. You can fast, weep and mourn about it all day long. You will not become a strong Christian until you bury your face and your heart in this book. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. All right. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.